Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dive Boy Episode 2, now with the OG Dive Boys, the final form of the dive, yeah. live and in studio. <laughs> now, <The> fi- <laughs> I just want to see if we can do a, a high five as good as we did the first time. That was really good. good. It was good. good. We uh, had to, we, this is the, might as well be the fourth time we filmed this intro. Don't, don't, don't ask me how we've messed up an intro so many times. <laughs> this has happened. We're getting into the groove. Let's uh, just say, is new here. I'm new yeah. here, you yeah. know. <laughs> First time. For, yeah, it's happens. tough. New studio. I'm very intimidated. Yeah. yeah. You know, new faces. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, I didn't f*** up. <laughs> <laughs> there's, oh, there's only one man doing the intro. You know, I'll let the people at home piece it together. What also, happens. do they bleep stuff on this show? Uh, they man. will, yeah. Okay, yeah. If you check. can, uh, everything. They'll fix it in post. They'll fix it in post. Sorry, no man. Problem. So I can just keep slanging them. Um, it would be better if you did but uh, you know you shoot from the hip Kobe I respect it whatever you're gonna do here uh, by the way platforms anywhere you get the dive or euphoria this podcast is available I know a lot of you probably Ooh. watching on YouTube but just remember I don't know where Apple podcasts Spotify anchor well, I, I get the dive SoundCloud uh, live uh, experience there you go. Um, I can yeah. also get this one live, I guess, because that's true. You're you're, 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 you're experiencing actively it. on the dive. The limited edition live. You're actually the fan that we bring on the oh. podcast for the live fan experience. <laughs> I won the raffle. You won yeah. the raffle. Yeah. How does it feel to be here as a big fan? Oh my god, it's just so great to meet two <laughs> of my. <laughs> it's good to be my here. heroes, honestly. But the circumstances surrounding, you know, uh, our visit, yes. yeah, you know, I kind of feel like that, you know, that that meme news. I'm, I'm repping the evil geniuses, though. You yeah. can't see because mm-hmm. it's black on black. He's repping the evil geniuses, and I'm man who thought he had lost all hope, loses his <laughs> last little bit of hope he didn't know he had. That's me actually, <laughs> while, while watching uh, while watching EG play against G2. That so I think in general people have had. Uh, a lot of different feelings about this group stage, but I think that group was especially Mine was depressing. I want to stop this right now, though, because I already was coming into this with uh, the perspective after hearing the party after finals, mm-hmm. Impact and Inspired were both telling JoJo uh, and Danny. They literally are, you know, it's the party afterwards, so everybody's getting a little uh, extra. Yeah. But <laughs> sure, like, that. all right, you're going to get shit on every day. We're just <laughs> going to learn. And so I hearing that right after the finals, I was like, you know, my expectations weren't like, oh, yeah, we're just going to come in and top this group. <laughs> I just, I love the contrast between like JoJo's winner's interview, which is sick, by the way. Yeah. JoJo, never stop being yourself. That's awesome. Keep talking trash. Even if you're Youngest player at MSI, by the yeah. way. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. He's like, we're going to shit it on EU. And then and then hearing at the after party, both of his veteran players are like, you are going to die. You are going to be beaten into the ground yeah, yeah. and remade from See, nothing. But, but that's what I like because it's it's the it's the veterans of the team, you know, and, and the idea for this team and, and the direction that they want to go for is growth. Yeah. Sure. So coming to MSI is a really good growth opportunity. And I just like that they were so clear I'm, and they had no illusions. They're like, we're going to lose. Probably all every single day, a lot. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm with you on an intellectual level, and every time it starts, I'm like, I'm gonna have low expectations. If we lose, we lose. Yeah, but in it's, your heart it's of hearts, it's just a game, though, right? You know, and then I start watching the game, and I'm like, KJ, hey, what are you doing? We gotta win. You know, like it's, as, it's, as soon as the game starts, that the EU NA rivalry takes over, and you're like, we. No, we got to win. Dude, the first pick I don't like, the first ban I'm not happy with. Oh, the, I'm stressing out. I'm messaging Kobe. I'm like, what is this rap? What are we doing, Kobe? The the very first one. The Nivea? The as first, soon as they locked Nivea, I'm like, we lost. We lost. I actually, I actually, as soon as it happened, I looked up the date of the release of Nivea and JoJo and, and his, his birthday. He was four and a half years old. Because I know people were memeing on, on it like, oh, yeah, he wasn't even born yet. But he was literally only four and a half years old. And Nivea yeah. was 2009. Um, anyways, yeah. It, it, it was funny, too, because that, that also makes you take a step back. A lot of people got caught up in the hype. And I think you should. Because that's what living, you know, life is all about, right? You know, oh, yeah, rookies popping off. We're living baby. dangerously. Get super hyped up. Um, but it, even that game, you know, made you take a step back and realize, oh, my God. They are so young still. You know, JoJo has so much to learn. One of the biggest things is going to be the the depth of your champion pool. You know, Caps has been one of the best in the world for many, many years. And so he's going to have a lot more depth to pull from. 
Uh, and so as much as it is a joke, you know, about the, the age and, and release of some of these champions, that's going to be something that a 17-year-old is, you know, going to have as a weakness. Yeah. And Matt, and maybe you can throw the group standings up behind us for those of you who are watching uh, the video form. Uh, oh, did so we see... start talking about the EU and No, no, you're fine. Uh, no, because I'm going to continue here. Really? But just, just, to, just to say, though, the <laughs> thing that sucks a lot about this group and being a three-team group, and of course, part of this is because the LCL unable to attend this time around, you can find this specific wording on all esports, um, is that they just literally, they, they got punched down on or they were the <laughs> one punching down. Yeah. And so there's just... I don't think that they get a lot from this group. I think if they're in a four-team group and there's someone that they can beat that's more like, I don't know, even Istanbul Wildcats or Red, I thought showed some good performances. If they can fight a PSG, if they can fight the VCS, even Detonation Focus Me, I think there's some room to like learn greater lessons than, oh, we're going to shit stomp these guys or we're going to get stomped by these guys. So I, I don't really agree, to be honest with you. Uh, I still think there's a lot you can take away from the G2 mm -hmm. games. Like the, G2 was clearly the far better team. You know, Caps was styling on them. It's like a Caps highlight reel in the sure. EG games, yeah. right? But like th three out of four of those games were winnable games, right? Like, you know, the last game was what, like a 40 minute game. They had one game where, yes, G2 had to throw at Baron, but then they had three and hips down. That was one team fight away from winning. Yeah, that's um, true. Their, their other game was was actually pretty close. The only one that was just like, oh, turbo stomp, this is over in one minute was the Anivia game. Yeah. Um, the other three, you know, G2, it felt like they were in control. I didn't necessarily believe that EG was going to win those games because like I actually think G2 drafted really well. And especially in, in game four, where it was like that Jinx TK comp against, yep. you know, Diana, Yasuo, Nautilus, Senna, yep. Vladimir. I'm just like, Jinx is never going to be able to play the game. There's no way that they're going to win this. But it was still like a 40-minute game that was close. So I still think there is a lot you can take away and, sure. and learn from. Um, I mostly feel bad for, for Order because Order got put in a group where, like, yeah, EG is a, a pool two team, um, but they're like, you know, most people would rank them as the best pool two team. Sure. G2 is one of the best teams in the world, one of the favorites for the tournament. And Order just came here and just got absolutely slapped <laughs> eight games in a row. Like, they didn't get the competition against teams that are more on their level. So, like, that, to me, felt really bad. But I still think there's lots to take from this for EG. Yeah. Uh, just to call back to the, um, you know, specifics of some of those EG and G2 games, I think the ones that were hardest for me to watch were the ones where, coming out of draft, I already yeah. had this... Oh, we lost. You know, bad thing that's in the back of my mind. So no, no matter you know what's going on currently in the game, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's like such such a good win just in that first phase, uh, you know, for G2. But one of the things I really liked from EG in the very final game that I don't think got enough credit or or hype was how they did manipulate the draft to be able to get like the Trindomir into Silas counterpick is a really good lane matchup, a really aggressive lane counterpick. Yeah. And JoJo was able to, to play it well early on, getting tower plates, big CS lead. Um, some of the specific plays that Caps pulled off are actually down to the millisecond. The first stopwatch play on the bottom side where JoJo all-ins him as Trindomir just after Silas had had won the play on the bottom side and his used his ultimate. His during the stasis. Exactly. Yep. I would have done that too as JoJo. He all-ins him because he's like, this guy just used his ultimate on bottom side. And the only reason his ult comes back up in time is literally the last second of the stopwatch mm -hmm. as it's timing out, the ult comes back up for him. Perfect timing to steal the Trindomir ultimate. It was just like, dude... Can you relax for like one second? You are so good. I would uh, all of like them the, too, but the, just because I have a lizard brain, not because I would have been tracking the <laughs> ultimate, just yeah, must fight. Yeah, me turn to me, me fight now. <laughs> but um, that was just different reasons. God, Caps is you know stopwatches and, and his his the Yasuo you know, escape playing yeah, around that bot lane yeah. one in the one v three where he stopwatches his W oh, comes up and he God. kills like. He, he was he was just dunking on him like caps caps was, yeah, was just built different it, like he has been really since since the lower bracket run in the regular season caps and g2 were pretty pedestrian i'm gonna be honest like they, we, they were not that good the discussion was caps in top four not caps it was, it was like very obvious yeah. it was like humanoid larson top two it's like caps perks are they like three are they like vto maybe third so like he was somewhere in top five which is weird because caps is like minimum top two for 90 percent. and of his now career. he's the best performing player at the event yeah, which is, again, as an From, EU fan, really weird. People will always be like, oh, you know, of course he always had it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, he looked pretty meh in the regular season. The yeah. fact that it's just like, oh, there's a crowd. He's insane again. It's like, that's a, that is a wild thing to witness. <laughs> and, and a little bit of my, like, glass half full is that, like, 
hey, Caps was kind of doing this to everyone, right? Like, sure. you know, like I, I expected, you know, EG to be the underdogs against them. I expected JoJo to be a big underdog against Caps, right? He's the youngest yep. player at the event. Uh, you know, he is a cocky rookie. I love his attitude. I love that he's talking some trash sure. and like and being like, hey, we're going to smack you. It didn't happen, but I think you have to have the confidence for there to even be a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Caps did this to his own region too, right? Like yeah. he did this in the lower bracket run to basically everybody. It felt like to me, like the closest games... Uh, that G2 even played in that streak were probably like against Vitality, where Vitality had some some big, big leads, you know, early on in their sure. lower bracket run. But like G2 was just smacking everyone and they have continued that, right? Like they crushed through all the top EU teams in their lower bracket run. They absolutely dominated this group. Um, they have been just so impressive and, and I love their flexibility. I love their drafting. They're really creative. They play the map incredibly well. You know, G, G2 is amazing and EG lost to a really good team. Yeah, and I like the Top Father video that they put out. The Top Father video is good. Too. Shout out to G2 content team. <laughs> I uh, like the Fortnite I miss, I, It made me miss Broken <laughs> Blade so much. Was good. The Fortnite dancing <laughs> that was See, that was good trash talk. That's the kind of trash talk that I'm like, I hate you, but I can respect you. You know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm crying. I feel bad, but I'm <laughs> laughing, but I'm but crying. I, I will retweet this while I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's okay. You take that dub. That, yeah. You earned you you that one fair and yeah. square. Yeah. yeah, I think that like talking about G2, I think the thing that really excites me is that we saw a lot of the smart drafting domestically in EU. And I think you first started seeing it in their Fnatic series where they had just were trying every answer to LeBlanc. And it was it was Karma, it was Lissandra, it was, you know, it was a lot of different things. And ultimately only the Karma really worked with a Hecarim jungle. But yeah. that was the kind of moment where I started to look more at G2's drafting and how smart that they would be. And I think the back half of their playoff run is a lot about them being a step ahead of everybody in terms of meta and that ultimately does give them a huge drafting edge just getting Ari Jarvan 90% of their games Broken Blade being I think the first EU player to really appreciate how strong Orn was on the patch um, and leveraging that but now as we've gone to this tournament and maybe the changes in stage two I've seen that like go even further where you've got really niche picks like the Anivia and it's not just the Vladimir top yeah Vladimir top and it's not just caps getting um Let's say like Ari when Ari is strong and people not respecting that enough or EU other EU mids feeling like they they had the answer that it wouldn't be a problem for them, but actually like having a champion pool showing us more than the just Diana like yeah so insta and yeah JTF. It, and again, how does this work against RNG and T1? I'm not entirely sure. I trust that they will have similar drafts, similarly intelligent drafts. It's just are they going to work as well as they did? Is he going to have those moments in mid lane on Yasuo? Maybe not as frequently. I think would be my expectation. But if they can do that, that that's when I'm suddenly like. The two-time? The two-time? You are like, Ooh. I feel like Caps, just, when Caps is in the zone, like it almost doesn't seem like it, it matters that much who he's playing against, right? Like yeah. he just kind of plays his game. And and that's that's kind of what you have to love about the guy is, is that he plays with so much confidence. He goes for these crazy, crazy, like borderline inting plays and he makes them work because he just has so much experience and so much confidence in his own abilities that mm-hmm. he knows like how to play that razor's edge. Also, it's the type of play that, I love watching the most is like it reminds me of when the shy was at his height is you would watch some plays and he would just try so hard in some situations where most people would be like, ah, you know, you got me. I'm dead here. Right. And he's just fighting with every mouse click on for every like 50 HP or something. And you're like, why is this guy still, you know, trying? And then, you know, miraculously works his way out of some situation. That's where you get plays like those Silas, you know, stopwatch plays and, and stuff like that, where it's just like, People leave him like, oh, yeah, you got him. Clean up that kill. <laughs> There's 20 HP on him as soon as he comes out of yeah. out of the stopwatch. But then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Or, I mean, yeah, it was just like those, those sorts of situations where you, you feel like he's so good and he's always on that it's like hard to contain. Yeah. Caps is, is a really interesting player because he's, he's obviously very smart. And he's very good at the game, but he tracks everything. And I think it's probably similar to the way that the Shine, a lot of these great players play. It's like a lot of us, when you play League, you're like, when you first start, you just mash your hand on the keyboard. And then you're like, oh, his hook is down. I can trade. And then it's like, oh, his flash is down. I can all in him. But he's like, nah, bone plating's down. I've got triumph. Like, he is like every single minuscule cooldown that you forget about. Nullifying orb. He tracks everything. And, like, he's a guy who remembers everything and I think leverages those things at the moment. And <laughs> nullifying orb. Yeah. Damn. Like, Damn. I saw you talk. I saw you take nullifying orb. <laughs> don't, don't, think no, I would. don't think I'm not ready for that. Like, Tyler One didn't see it in that stupid Katarina 1v1 that happened forever ago. Like, it matters. And not that he's ever taken nullifying orb, but those are the little oh, cooldowns man. that come into play. And, like, those are the things that I'm always really, really blown away by. And those are the things that I think mm-hmm. really matter in those small moments. Because for most of us, it's like, 
If it's a bad trade, it's a really bad yeah. trade. It's like yeah. it does, the bone plating doesn't matter because we got hit yeah, by Halo Blades pipe he, four times in a row, you know? The haters are looking at that player and they're like, oh my God, he's so lucky. His ult just came back up in time. No, he, you, no idiot. He had well, land around and that. And that's the thing is, is like, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes he is just like, sometimes he's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to try it and he goes. Like, uh -huh. I think this is probably true of the shy and most players like that. And sometimes it's like this flawless math calculation. And the great thing is, is like, yeah. you're never 100% sure what it is unless you yeah. hear the comms or you talk to him about it. But either way, it's dope. And, and a lot of the times, like, I, I think people like the truly great players just have a good sense for these things, mm. right? They just have like a good kind of internal timing or whatever, you know, it's not always like cerebral. Well, I actually like time stamped, you know, the, the bone plating 45 seconds ago, or yeah. I know exactly that this is 17 second cooldown with that much CDR in this thing. They're kind of just like, nah, he probably doesn't have it up yet. Right. Like, yep. you know, they just have that really good feeling. Cause you have to be able to play those, those small lines to play around missing cooldowns, not just of ultimates or summoners, but of individual abilities of like a counter strike or a self heal or a spin or whatever. And that bottom Silas play is a demonstration of how meaningful it is to calibrate those because yeah. Jojo's read, which is the exact same set of skills that you're using. You know, it's that feel. And he's like, wow, he just uses ultimate. I'm all inning. And Cass is like, I just used my ultimate. He's he's gonna all in. I'm gonna bait him in with the extra time of the stopwatch. And yeah. it's just yeah. Well, and I mean such it's such small margins. And that's the one big way that veterancy pays off and and even in those micro situations, obviously. <clears throat> but I think just general question, is Caps the best performing player in stage one? Yes. For sure, I think I think it's like it's hard to even debate. I mean, you know, can, can, you can say, oh, like he had easier competition, or maybe than some of the other teams, and and we're gonna see like who's the best player sure. in in the second stage when all these guys play against each other. But if you're just talking about who had the best individual performance, I think it's like almost not even debatable. He had so many highlight plays. He was the difference maker. I think in a lot of those games that were really close, yeah. you know, that G two maybe like you know they they have a throw or whatever at the Baron, and and then you know EG should maybe win. Like a lot of times. It it was casting in the difference. I think some of the other players, you know, obviously all of G2 played well, um, but EG at times, it felt like got the best of some of the other guys. It never yeah. really felt like they were able to get the best of caps in, in almost any situation. Yeah. And I don't feel like, you know, guys like Caria or, you know, Xiaohu have had to play yeah. as well as caps have had to play this early in the tournament already yeah. because they're, you know, the games well, haven't been. And don't get me wrong, Caria's had fantastic plays and Xiaohu's been everywhere, but it's never been like, Oh, can Caps made a lot of impossible, what felt like impossible plays possible and built advantages out of what felt like nothing. Where it's like, Shahu's very smart. He moves around the map super mm -hmm. well. Carrier is very good. But then they would build leads and they would just obliterate people. And I feel like, I'm starting to feel like wonder if I have to check myself here because part of the reason that Caps got to be flashy is because G2 <laughs> weren't as clean as T1 and RNG. Like they, they, they got, also have they got tougher competition, right? Like yeah, I, sure. I, I do think it's fair to say that it's like, you know, EG is the best pool two team. At least that's the expectation. Sure. Hey, maybe maybe they're gonna get smacked in the next round by you know PCS or VCS, whatever. We'll see. Um, but I think most, almost everyone would have had them power ranked, you know, in top four, right? Yeah. Um, so it is it is the toughest competition for them, and and as a result, I think you know they're going to be pushed a little bit harder. I think you know especially inspired and impact. I thought were were really good in a lot of those games. You know, there was the one the Vladimir game. Impact kind of got clapped top lane, but Impact was giving about as good as he got, and I thought inspired was playing really really well in a lot of the games. Uh, yep. So I do. I think yeah. it was tougher competition that that forces you to have you know these closer games where you have to make out plays and caps was like always there to do it i inspired is is a best performing eg player for me for sure, for sure. Yeah. like yeah. It, it's it, he has he has been outstanding yeah the car this game was obviously relatively quiet but then once he was back on the jarvan he had the jarvan and, game where he was just and for the car the, you're talking, the carthus jarvan. game being quiet i think that speaks volumes he, like they were losing on multiple lanes and you're and he's Karthus you know getting uh you know so much done the Lilia game his Lilia he he almost had a hundred CS lead he like almost jungle flame horizon <laughs> with his with his Lilia game um Optimism? How are you guys feeling? Are you feel optimistic heading into the stage? Because I think the big thing for EG for EG top four, like top four is the first goal, yeah. and then we get to bracket stage. You guys feel good about top four? Because I think the only team that I'm not even that worried about PCS at this point. I would just think that the VCS is the only team I think that might. They, they look tough, right? Yeah, like, I think yeah. they're better than PSG. I sure. think I think Saigon Buffalo do look tough. Um, I think I think you know my expectation is still that, that EG should get out and get to yeah. the bracket stage. Uh, my, my glass half full. I mean, I don't I don't have huge expectations here. You know, I I think that EG were big underdogs coming in. I thought EG would get a win at least against G two in, in the yeah. group stage. Uh, to be fair, as did I. Um, yeah. But you know, it didn't happen. Um, my glass half full is that I do think EG at least like 
you know, was it felt like there was some progression throughout the stage. I thought that like their games were kind of closer. Their mm-hmm. early games especially seemed to be getting a little bit better, uh, a little bit cleaner against G2. Um, you know, the, the last game, last two games really, like the early game was at least a little bit better. Uh, game one was obviously like pretty rough. I think game one was like the level two first blood, you know, on, on Danny Ezreal or whatever, the Pike game. Uh, they just got super clapped in that game. So I think there's some improvements and you hope that like, hey, like they're they're taking something from this that they're going to improve. They're going to play with a little bit more confidence. Um because you know we didn't really get to see that much out of out of Danny or Jojo, yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I'm feeling like somewhat optimistic about that. But like, do I think they're going to win the event? No, of course not. Do I think they're going to win in the Bo5? I think they're huge underdogs, probably against anyone, unless they start playing at a much higher level than what they showed in the previous stage. Yeah, our our goal for sure is top four. Yeah. Uh, the matchup with Buffalo is super spicy because they're good. I am. I am gonna. You know, obviously, I'm wearing EG merch. So I'm going to be, you know, a bit biased as well. I'm going to favor EG, but I'm not I wearing would, EG merch, so I'm not I would, biased. I <laughs> would, it's the merch. It's the merch. I would guarantee that they're bo- that uh, Shogun is going to kill Danny in lane yeah, for sure. Guarantee. This this was so hyped to me. Their first game versus SKT, he insta locks Tristana, yeah. Tristana Nautilus, and boom, they're in. They they kill the best bottom lane in the world, two v two. And I'm like, holy shit! I love this guy already. Yeah, I, I'm such a big Shogun fan. I, I feel like their bottom lane is insane. If they, you know, insta-lock uh, Tristana versus us, I'm like, so sh- Danny, go hide somewhere. Like, we're going to die in lane. Danny has experience on the Tristana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he um, has experience dying in lane as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, SGB looks really good. It's also going to be an interesting test because... Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, there's obviously a lot of discussion on format and like, you know, what, what should have been really going on. I, I was looking into, into some of the stats and, and had, um, uh, you know, some stats pulled on that because it like, obviously it felt really one-sided major sure. region versus yeah. minor. And, and even if you're discounting the three replayed games, I believe the record overall was 20 and zero for major versus minor. The average game time about 25 minutes yep. and the average gold lead at 15. And I'll, I'll probably tweet out the exact numbers after, but it was about 4,500 was the average gold lead at 15. So like these were absolute turbo stomps. Now we do have the, the best of those teams left, right? With the you know, PCS team as well as the, the VCS team. You know, we have, we have PSG and we have a SGB. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like if they are going to be more competitive and especially if they're going to be more competitive um, with EG because EG obviously turbo stumped order, but like, you know, was order one of those weaker teams? That's kind of the expectation, you know. I, 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 I would say, yeah. I mean, like you look at you look at OS as a whole, and they've lost a lot of the talent to NA, and a lot of that talent is doing very well in NA. Yeah. And I think it's just if they're going to build talent back up, it's going to take time. Of course, pending which players decide to stay and leave. And again, based on order's story, order weren't even the favorite to make it out of their league. People expected them fourth, fifth. Uh, you know, they did have an incredible run. Not to take anything away from them, but they did not have any of like really outside of Biopanther historic international yeah. players come onto the stage. Yeah, and I mean it, it's interesting because there there are like a lot of these teams I think have have parallels, right? Like EG was not I didn't have EG going anywhere in playoffs. EG sure. won zero games against the top three teams in the LCS in the regular season. Zero games, right? Like this was not our, our dominant team. G two was was the same, right? Both these teams had lower bracket runs. Um, EG went eleven or twelve and one, rather whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, G two did twelve and zero. Obviously, um, both those teams were like pedestrian in the regular season you know yeah. EG was nine and nine so i think a lot of these teams have that that kind of uh, similar story but i'm just really interested to see like how competitive you know it is going to be because i feel like saigon buffalo as well was like really undersold to me um yeah. you know reading online and talking to some people everyone's like yeah it's all about gam like gam just absolutely turbo stomped the league wasn't even close and when i went back and watched some of those games like you know even just watching in the finals and some of the regular season games like this was very competitive like it was yeah. a three one for gam but like every one of those games Buffalo could have actually won, right? And they were even pulling back from massive deficits in some of those games. Um, well, you know, I think we saw some of their weaknesses exposed by Gam, but like they're a good team. And I think this is really, really exciting for the VCS, especially because one, again, reminder: if you've been under a rock for whatever reason, um, this is the first time again the VCS is coming back to competition. The fact that they couldn't send their first seed, I think, probably was, you know, a, a bummer, but a total bummer for them. And, and while I totally respect that you want to play in the Southeast Asian games, and I understand that that's going to be the first priority there for VCS fans who maybe wanted to see those players at MSI, the fact that Saigon Buffalo have shown up, and the fact that historically LMS, PCS, VCS, super duper top heavy. Yeah. And when they can get two or three teams that are playing on a high level, that are playing as well as Saigon Buffalo have or, have, or as or we expect Gam would have, um, that's just fantastic for that region. And 
gives me a lot of excitement when we look ahead towards things like Worlds and other events where I'm not sure how many seats they have now with them coming back. Because there was a point where they had two. I'm not sure if they're back to one. I don't know enough about that format decision. But that would be cool because I think this is clearly an international caliber team, at least in terms of at least they were in stage one and we'll see how they do in stage Absolutely. two. Absolutely. I mean, their bot lane is is super legit. I think, you know, if there's weaknesses, it's probably Froggy and Binche. I think, yeah. that, you know, even if you're looking back towards, you know, their regional play, um, you know, we saw Le- Levi taking advantage, I think, of Binche in a lot of those games. And, you know, they were able to, like, punish punish Saigon Buffalo's bot lane, you know, by having a lot of jungle attention down there, by going really aggressive on them, because it does feel like Shogun and, T- and Taki want to play aggressive. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and and that that can leave you open to, to getting, you know, ganked. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how much these teams have kind of done their prep against them. Uh, Hazmet, I think, is also a guy who has been getting less talk. Obviously, I think a lot of it just started because right out the gates, you know, the double kill on, on, on Kari and Gumiyushi, everyone's yeah. like, who are these guys, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they yeah. played really well and they deserve their yeah. hype. But Hosman was such a key member for them in in you know regional play in the VCS. You know so much about getting him counter pick. They had like really creative drafts. Um, there was even one draft you know I, I I heard about through Kelsey Moser, which was really interesting. Where it was like they blind picked a Camille and then to get him counter pick, roll swapped the Camille to support so he yeah. could still have counter pick. Like they are all about getting Hosman the matchups he wants so that he can stomp lane because they believe like that's how they're gonna win. And so it, he's a really exciting player as well. Um, you know, as far as like the EG uh, yeah. Saigon Buffalo matchup, Impact is such a veteran. And I do think he almost always delivers at a high level on the international yeah. stage. So like, I'm not super worried there, um, but they're a strong team. And, you know, if 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 JoJo and, and Inspired aren't able to take advantage of mid jungle, because I think that's probably like, you know, the, one of the edges for EG, mm-hmm. um, then I, I do think you have to be worried about losing them. And I thought, to be completely honest with you, I think that I expect fully for this team to take at least one game off top three, just because of the way that they play it. And that, I think aggressive teams are always going to do well in best of ones, or at least better than you would expect them to do in a best. Of, I think best yeah. of fives are always hard for, for, for teams that are super aggressive like this. I think they usually people figure out and they, deal with it but i think at best one you're always going to have that and especially if you are maybe not as prepped as you should be but given how many times g2 has dropped random games to the vcs over the years i feel like that trauma lives on and caps and yankos and they're probably going to be super prepped and dylan definitely doesn't feel like a guy to shortchange it so we'll see but that's the matchup i'm honestly most excited for short of eg kind of rising up showing us that development and being able to take some games off g2 i think that would be super hype if they get a 1-1 uh you're more excited for that than like t1 rng See, the thing for me about T1 RNG is I know I'm getting that best of five, or I assume I'm getting that best of five somewhere. Uh-huh. And that's what I want to see is that best of five. I don't care about a best of one between those what? two teams. I think it's going to slap. This is crazy to me. I think I'm it's going to slap, but don't get me wrong. But I'm just like, I want the best of five there. Because uh-huh. like the best of ones, like we're going to say goodbye to two of these teams. We move to best of five. And that best of five, I'm going to uh-huh. feel a lot. You want, you want all of your dishes to be different. See, I'm okay with having my appetizer be the exact same as my main course, be the exact if same as my If it's as delicious as carry on gooby I was going to eat it up, baby. Yum, 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 yum. That was... Uh, uh, the yum, yum, yum was what... Yeah. Uh, you broke me. You broke me. No, I mean, like... Look, yeah, 2 a.m. That's like a good... That's a good, but like... The top three is really hype. I'm, I'm really excited for yeah. that. I think, but this this is also an interesting story. Like, I agree. yeah, yeah. I think for yeah. me, that's the story that's the most interesting. And I think that um, RNGT one, I expect them to be top two at this point. Yeah. And so to me, it's like if one finishes one, the other finishes two. It's like we'll get that answer who the best is in a best of five. G two versus both of those teams is super interesting to me because yeah. that will define tournament expectations for EU fans. And I, I think they play both of these teams on day one. Match yeah. one being T one. I think match four is RNG, which is a, a tough way to start round two. But if they if they win games, if they get games, and we'll have to see if they can keep that up for the five days of group stage, that's like, I'm feeling, God, I'm starting to feel good. I mean, I'm starting to feel confident. Well, yeah, so part of the reason why I'm so hyped for all of these these games between the top three is because it's so crazy how essential each mid laner is, not just to this to their teams, yeah. but to their whole regions. You know, a lot of people think of Uzi still as like RNG. Yeah. You know, it's our, it's Uzi's team. But that is so far in the past. You know, Xiaohu has played for this team for longer. Xiaohu has played for this team for over five years. Faker obviously needs One no explanation. in two roles. Um, yeah, this is like... like and, uh, and Caps is the greatest EU player of all time leading G2. It's just like the, the triumvirate of these three mid laners of these three teams all clashing at MSI... 
is such a crazy hype story for me. I also think even just like storyline wise, it's really cool because I believe uh, RNG and T1 are the only two teams that have two MSI titles, mm -hmm. right? So they could be battling for a third. If G2 has a really good it's, series. It's the extended they, MSI best of five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, G, if G2 wins, they could tie for, for having two MSI titles. Like the big three, I think is incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I think no one's expecting a world in which any of those three don't make it to the best of five stage <laughs> that's why i think you know like drake was saying hey like it's interesting to yeah. see oh who, who does like don't get me wrong the stories are good teams. but i want those stories resolved in a best of five yeah. to me and that's the thing the best because of one, they will be yeah right? because they will be if you go if you go like one one or two oh even or whatever but then you play the best of five like no one's really going to be caring too much unless it was super super one-sided yeah um but i mean I, I just think those three teams are so interesting because i think they all play the games in different ways and they all have kind of different strengths and different approaches to the games and it's not even really like the traditional ways that you would think about the regions right everyone thinks about lck all right you're like super slow you're methodical you're playing for a late you're waiting yep. for your opponents to make mistakes and then you're crushing them with really good macro you know lpl you're the madman you're just going all in early and you're fight 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 right like these teams are kind of bucking the trend of of what their region does t1 really is the like out hands you team i think yeah you know they are so much about early game focus about actually prepping their waves perfectly. That's why they added all um, the zoomers. Yep. <laughs> uh, moving around the map and actually punishing on these perfectly stacked waves. You know, they, they trim it, they time the waves, they try time these rotations so well, having Faker move around, you know, so much of an emphasis on on farming plates for Gumiyushi, you know, putting resources into getting him and Karia ahead. Karia is not this like madman roaming around the map as much. He mostly doesn't even really go to top lane very often. It's been more of this focus, you know, especially yeah. in the regular season playoffs. Um, I, about just like getting Gumiishi to the stage and they're so good individually that they kind of just like run over teams in the early game just through laning prowess right yeah. and then you look at RNG this is a team that was like so much about objective control they won many of their games you know you look at the two series against top so much of it is yeah, coming like, down to they lost like every early game against top exactly but it's just Gala his team fighting the way that they set up around objectives the way that they mm -hmm. actually execute on these team fights is incredible and then I look at G2 and I think of I think G2 is maybe more in line with what people expect from a region because I do think Europe's success has been through creativity and aggression. Yeah. And I think G2 kind of embodies that. Um, you know, G2 to me is an incredibly creative and intelligent drafting team. And I think they're the best team at actually moving around the map and actually creating action through their, their movement, right? Mm. And they're also a team that I think isn't going to have like the perfect setup in a way that T1 will in the early sure. game. They're more willing to take shortcuts to test you on timers that you're not used to, which I think is really interesting, right? Like Yankos won't always, you know, do a traditional path. Like he'll he'll skip camps. He'll do an inefficient path to gank you at a time that you're not expecting. They won't always stack and try to like, you know, dive on the on the cannon wave, right? Which is like very traditional in, in top lane. Sometimes they'll try to preempt it and they'll fast push and capsule move top and drop a wave and they'll dive you anyway. And like, they just kind of do this this different off-tempo style that I think is really fun to watch. So it's like all three of these teams are very unique and incredible at the styles that they play, which is like, how much work can you ask for? Yeah, and I think that's, sorry, real quick, I think the thing that excites me the most about stage two is that sadly stage one just felt like a wash where it's yeah. like, we can't use any of these stats. They all stomped. RNG, oh, they weren't the great early game team domestically. Well, they were the great early game team in stage one, just like G2, just like T1. So that is the reason that I think these matchups really are going to be exciting for me, even if I know they're going to be resolved in best of fives, is finding out if that, if those comparisons, true all, if these domestic, any of our domestic comparison points actually mean anything, because we did not learn anything from stage one, sadly. Uh, like we can't use these stats things, especially so funny for like RNG and Galax. I had to replay <laughs> yeah. the, the games, and he's like, "I got the first pinnacle," and they're like, "No, you didn't. We got to replay." Nine and zero. He's like, "I said I got the first pinnacle." Well, okay, okay, you got to do it again. I understand, man. Uh, it's yeah, it's so hype, especially like um the meetings of those bottom lanes i, I oh that's why i want to i'm going to jump in way back when you were talking about um skt and like in their lane prowess i legit think owner uh surpassed canyon as best jungler in the world like he, he is playing so incredibly well and has been playing so incredibly well um for for t1 right now i just feel like especially i always try and jump on you know hyping up at least one of the mm -hmm. uh you know one jungler per you know, big international tournament that we're going for. Yep, yep. And for and for this one, yeah, it's like everyone's going to gravitate towards uh, T1 because they're undefeated and coming out of it. But he's actually playing so incredibly well. 
yeah, I think, I mean, I think owner is a terrifying player to deal with. And I think when you look at the jungle pool too, the way that it's evolved, where we're kind of, there are still the option to play more of these engaged champions. There are still mm-hmm. the option probably for the Jarvins, et cetera, um, with the Wukong coming in with more people willing to play graves. That just makes good jungle. Told you back on the dive four, three months terrifying. ago or whatever, when those busts came out, it's good. Wukong? Sp- spam Wukong. I said the same thing. Broken. I knew it was going to be broken. You're saying you told me. I knew it was going to be broken. Everyone knew it was going to be broken. I mean, it's the W. It turns out being able to go over a wall makes for way better jungle. And, and they both jungle theory at the same time. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not just the jumping walls. but uh, yeah. E damage on monsters and Q cooldown. All those things just yeah. add up. It was just, it was just, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a huge buff. I mean, he's really strong. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I agree. Owner has been incredible. Um, you know, and I also think when you're looking across at like, at some of the other competition, we are looking at RNG. I think a lot of people are going to be super focused on that matchup. Way to me was way was was much more hit or miss, right? Like he has been very up or down, um, you know, throughout playoffs and even in the regular season. Like he had some bad games, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times when, <laughs> you're, playing, <Bar> there. <laughs> when you're looking at when you're looking at an RNG game, and, and if like if there's someone that's going to be running it, it's probably going to be Way, right? Um, I think Ming had had a couple bad games in playoffs, but Ming was pretty incredible throughout throughout the year for RNG. Um, and Wei is kind of that guy that, like, if he gets put down, like, he will still kind of continue looking for plays and sometimes can be a bit of a liability. Yeah. And that has been kind of like an, an LPL tradition for a lot of years where sometimes these guys have, have good games, sometimes they have really bad games. And I think that has been um, what has kept some of, of the, like, the top LPL junglers, even ones who have won international titles, you know, away from maybe the discussion of, like, best in the world is because mm-hmm. they haven't been as consistent as some of the Korean junglers. Like, when you think of Canyon, like, you think back to, like, TN, you think to even, like, MLXG further back. And, like, you know, some of these guys where, where people kind of, like, talk about them as, as more coin flippy. I mean, RNG definitely ha- has that element. Um, I guess Bin is maybe somewhat in that category too, just because like Bin has never seen a fight that he doesn't want. Right? Like he's, <laughs> he's, like he's gonna he's gonna go at you no matter what, and and he has incredible mechanics, so most of the time it works. Yeah. But when it goes back and go really bad because of that super hyper aggressive playstyle that that they sometimes are going for. Yeah, I think when you look at the top three, I think owners owners just clear number one because Yankos is a player that is very good, but he's. He's not the greatest hands player in the world. He's not a bad hands player. I think he, like people were always too harsh on that. But he's like he's smart, clever gank pathing. I think I remember hearing from teams who had played against him in playoffs like, oh, we should have just banned Jarvan because he's just he's going to EQ over some wall we didn't think of, and our wards are going to be freaking useless, and it's just going to be annoying. And it's now it's the same shit with Wukong. You know, there's all these champions in, but owner just feels like the complete package, which I've gotten used to now in the in the Canyon <laughs> era, just being like, oh yeah, this is a jungle who's just good at everything. Just fine, sure, great, no weaknesses, great. I don't know how we're going to build this narrative. He's just really good, guys. We're just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, such so un- un- Unpunishable jungler, great. Let's talk like about that guy. boring superhero. It's like the Superman of Yeah, Superman is know? a trash yeah. superhero. He is, thank you. He's so trash. Every time I bring this up and someone just disagrees with me, I'm like, well, now I respect your opinions less. He's just kryptonite. Yep. He's just kryptonite. He's Sup- super strong. He can see through walls. He can fly. He's also yeah. shoots lasers from... Come on! This God. is a superhero made by three-year-olds. Guys, this is I weird. just like how they've almost forgot about oh he needs a weakness no no he's got a weakness what is it um the special rock yeah okay, you where's like, your weakness you ever play against evelyn back in like season one when she was op and people were like just buy oracles or whatever the hell yeah, yeah. that's the same shit it's not fun nobody wants to play with superman they have to make up stupid villains that only he can fight to justify him as a character especially way back when uh you know oracles died with you yes he died yes i remember <laughs> oh god being a support an absolute nightmare of dying with Oracle. You were a Dota support back in the day, man. I mean, yeah, because you didn't, do, you didn't do damage like Dude, a Dota that, support or that, have CC like a Dota support. That's when I felt alive, though. You know, I was like, oh, I got an Oracle on me. Woo! It's like you're playing hardcore in yeah. uh, Diablo or something like that. You die, then you're just dead. You, you lose the game. You can't come back. Bro, <laughs> guys, control wards used to be invisible. You know, I'm just saying for, the, for all the Zoomers out there, that shit was just invisible. Invisible vision for invisible people. It was crazy. <laughs> Oh man, old league. Wonderful, wonderful game that probably doesn't hold up if I were to actually go back in time and play it. But when I look back with nostalgia, love it to death. I remember playing in beta and the first time I was playing league, and we're probably getting a little bit off track here, but uh, <laughs> I remember it like coming, I, I'd played a lot of Dota and Han and all these games, and I was yep. like, oh, jungling, like I'll, I'll do jungling, right? And I go in and like you didn't have all the runes and, uh, and oh, masteries yep. and stuff, so I just like died of die the first camp i'm doing so i could like only play warwick and nunu because they're the only only junglers that like didn't need to have any runes or masteries to actually be able to clear i'm like this game sucks 
Jungling is uh, us old junglers. We really, you know, we we went through some stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we're forged in the in the very hot fires of uh, early League of Legends. I remember Ooh. being terrible and playing Rally, Smite, Warwick, or whatever. Rally was a summer field that gave you an AD buff or an attack speed buff. I don't remember uh, what the hell that it did. But I was like, that's what we needed to get through the jungle. You know, you just, I didn't, I didn't have flash yet. I wasn't high enough the, level. The jungle used to be, a, you know, a legit like trial. You you could not just brain off, look at the lanes and jungle. You, you didn't just, just, it's, it didn't used, used to be somewhere you just there got golden experience. There weren't jungle items. You, like, you, you just had to fight sad. for your life. Yeah, I remember it's, we got excited when there was a jungle item that was like actually good and useful and you could start with. Ugh. Anyway, that's anyways, cut all right. that stuff. Back to <laughs> back to this meta. I think we talked a little bit about the Wukong and the Graves. Bot lane meta has also been super interesting to me because Aphelios and uh, Jinx have basically just disappeared. There's still some Aphelios. Jinx, Danny had one game. I think maybe yeah. we've seen one other one. But that, now was, that was grasping on to the the remnants of the past. They're like, if we pick him, Jinx, will he just get another bumper, pentakill? Right? Well, is that is that? I mean, you can works? see that it was well practiced, and they did uh, they did yeah. do really well, just so, moving around the map and getting plates, even if ultimately the game was completely unplayable because yeah. Diana. Yasa, I, I think that. That's probably the the role that's had the biggest change of of champions uh, MSI compared to what what teams played their playoffs on. Yeah, because Jinx Ophelios was so dominant and meta shaping, and yeah. them falling down has really broken up and had these ripple effects. I think yeah. that's probably the biggest. We got uh, we got change. a lot of different champions, which I'm I'm happy for because this whole year has just been yeah. like. But it affects teams. The same thing it it does way. affect the certain teams. Like if the team went on a big run and used only you know singular yeah. strategy, uh, and then that changes. Of course, I mean that, that's yeah. how that's how EG kind of had their big run. I right? mean, it was team yeah. fighting yeah. with these hyper carries, uh, you know, having Danny on them in the regular season, they really struggled. You know, for a lot of the year with their drafts, they couldn't find a strategy that really worked for them. Their players were even flaming their own drafts on socials which is like not something you see because it's kind of a no-no right um but they were really (laughs) struggling i mean this was a nine and nine team in the regular season and and to kobe's point you know they figured out what worked for them in the meta and and really cruise through playoffs with this and now they kind of have to to reevaluate you know they came out obviously with the smear in the first game you know that didn't work um you know there's some of these I maybe mean, it wasn't the first game it was second game i can't remember but like there was no, the invade the, where he yeah. had to go uh, w at level one and yeah, so on and, you one. know inspired reference that is like hey like okay game one we got first blooded on ezreal game two <laughs> we had we got invaded and he had to start w so like you know they were talking about how their bot lane is kind of getting derailed very quickly you know through some intelligent plays and, and good all ins that g2 was doing um but they've had to kind of reevaluate and i'm interested to see like given some time now between uh, group stage and rumble like are are they going to just be like all right yeah. guys this new stuff doesn't work for us we're only going to play jinx and Felios, well, or are they going to try to actually adapt? I, I i don't think there's a high chance of of that but um i think it's just so we have seen that happen at yeah. international events before i think it's teams. the draft can be really restrictive when you play those champions and obviously you're more incentivized towards engaged jungler engaged top you want a lot of frontline and just protect that main threat and i think the thing that we've seen is with those champions fading away with gwen obviously getting buffed back into being just I think probably probably overpowered to be honest. She just seems universally blind pickable. It just seems like top lane pool she's, has opened up. She's completely. the most picked top laner right now. Yeah, and uh, she's yeah. she seems just like by by a mile by universally least. Yeah, Gwen games second most played six GP. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, um, but for the for on on the Danny point though, I want to see him on Samira on Tristana. Yeah, um, you know it's not like this this narrative of uh, that that got built over the win streak of EG and them having so much success on those carry style must feed all your money into them so they can carry the team fight later uh, type of AD carry those two I don't think those two fading away should be a death sentence to EG I think they should be very they should be very adaptable I mean uh, Danny's well, okay, which one's more famous now? His most famous first early pentakill on, was on the Tristana um, in the... Uh, and he was known as the Samira like one-trick one when he was first coming out. And, yep. well, and they had literally had a Samira highlight package made of him yeah. when he was announced and signed to the team. So yep. that's why like, I do want to see him on those types of champions. Well, and it um, seems to me that just in general, like right now with the amount of... Especially the amount of damage coming in from the jungler, you can't... You need to play a self-sufficient AD carry. And I think Samira is more along those lines, but like the Ezreal's, the Kai'Sa, these champions that don't need a super beefy front line to get space for themselves in team fights. And I, I think just... Ezreal is so good right now. Yeah, yeah. I think Ezreal I agree. should be used even more. Kai'Sa, Ezreal, it seemed like the, the two clear top ones right now. I mean, I think Samira situationally can be really good. To me, Samira depends more on your opponent's comp than in your comp almost, because yep. it's like, if there's a lot of point and click CC, it's so hard to ever get an ultimate off. And if you're never getting an ultimate off, you're just not 
that useful, right? Like you need to be able to dive. You need to be able to go aggressive. Um, everyone is playing, you know, Nautilus, Leona, Alistar, like things like that, that are, are going to be able to disrupt you, you know, very, very quickly. If you're trying to dive into the middle of a team that has, you know, Wukong and, and you know, TF and Ari, like there's so much CC um, that I do think it's really difficult for, for Samira to actually find those pop-off fights. And Samira was 0-4. I mean, not necessarily top teams picking it, but... He's also uh, a really much. good Senna. And I think Senna plus carry support should be played even more than yeah, it is right now. We you, we got a couple little blips, you know. Five, five we're like, ooh, carry is going to play, you know, Wukong. Uh, yeah. And, the, and stuff like that. But. The other thing I'm really curious about is the Callista and how much Callista shows up. And now, obviously, like, the Callista games we have aren't, I think, the greatest tape. We have a Callista mid-game where she goes Lethality, which, shout out to ARAM builds, finally mm -hmm. showed up in yep. a real game. Um you know, we've obviously got the Clista bot. Where two bot games. Two yeah. bot games. One where they didn't opt to pair with the Rumble. That was the carry game. It was, again, T1 had already qualified, so hard to take from that. But this is something that was explored a lot back in, I think, I want to say MSI 2019, back when Nico Top was really OP. They explored, uh, G2 was looking into, like... Um, Callista unpaired using Nico top. I don't Throwing know why. Some spears. Throwing no, some spears. No, I, I got it. He was playing. He was Callista right there. He's because uh, she can start channeling the alt and then you can throw her yeah. in. And yep. there's yeah. essentially zero counterplay. And I wonder if with the strength of Wukong, if there are going to be situations where someone picks a weaker laner, something that is less threatening, and you can pick Callista and not pair it and then pair it on your Wukong jungle or something else. And similarly, the Senna pairings, because that's... Wukong seems really broken. So any way you can enable a Wukong in your draft just feels good to me I, I don't see it uh when top teams are playing top teams just because i think you're you're taking away one of the greatest strengths of Callista, where yeah. it's like if they pick a weak laner yeah sure you could get through the laning phase without without binding to your support and then bind to wukong maybe have an advantage there but also you could just play like Callista thresh or Callista leona or Callista nautilus and just kill them if they're playing a weak laner right like sure. you know like there that you can play a very lean dominant style and i do think Callista has to play the game from ahead to like have an equal contribution to like an Ezreal or whatever, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm not expecting it. Uh, I do think it was it, it can be cool. Like it's it's a strong strategy, especially with some of these ultimate based um, champions. Like back in the day in rank fives, I had had a, a friend who would always play Skarner, not actually Flowers, but another friend who would always play Skarner. And <laughs> There's two of them. Yeah, yeah. He's the other guy. Um, and and so one of my friends would always play Calista Bot and not Leash. And then at six, you like he would link with the Skarner. Yeah. And at six, you'd come down and you'd get a free kill every time. But it's like, well, your lane is a lot weaker. Your 2v2 is a lot weaker. Yeah. So it feels like it's such a big trade-off. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm theory crafting in my head. I'm trying to figure out when it's viable because it seems that specific interaction seems really strong. But you're right that the cost you pay for it is ludicrously high. So you have to jump through some stupid hoops to make it work. Yeah, you have you have to think that it's like I think it's like it's a curveball. And maybe maybe if you think that Wukong can really one be nine this game, and you like draft two pushing lanes on top side, and you get Wukong way ahead, then it's like maybe there's some world in which it I, makes think, sense. Yeah, I think I think I think it's always going to be better in that case if you want to implement this to just have it as a top lane Callista into a good Callista matchup on top lane. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, and, I can see that. Vol, I think yeah, I think the the reality is if you're Callista and you're not pairing, whatever you're doing is going to be volatile. Whether it's going bot lane and not pushing your lead as big as you should, uh, by not pairing with your bot lane pairing, or going top lane. And having a laner that is as volatile as Callista top lane. Regardless, Santa Wukong just get you back. some uh, some peak shot the shy or like Huni, uh, you know Callista top lane mm -hmm. play and. Uh yeah, no, I'm ready. I, I'm not opposed to someone picking Callista top lane. I just I've seen the feast and famine that is Callista top lane. Maybe more solo queue experience than pro experience. Obviously, seeing these guys, but uh, definitely something I'm concerned about. Generally, though, I think that like top lane meta feels wide open. There's so many things that like this is so good because playoffs meta felt so boring to me outside of like already coming to the meta and a lot of people figuring out Orn was OP. Which when the discovery, great discovery at least in EU playoffs was that Orn was OP. Like. That's the least exciting thing that uh, could possibly happen. Ah, yes, the tank is back. Yeah, Great. We, we had an we had an interesting relationship with Orin and then A as well, <laughs> and then Impact came out as the only one who could conquer both sides. Yeah, I, I felt like tanks had actually been OP all year, just no one's playing. You, you know, and they they've buffed I've, for this MSI patch. They buffed Mordekaiser, which is uh, what Impact smashed the hardest with against an Orin. So. Yeah. Did get played uh, once. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a decent buff, it? too. I can't even remember, but some, someone played it in um, in top lane. In what? MSI. Mord. Mm, MSI also, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, Impact, Impact played it in... Uh, yeah, yeah, regionally as a counter. Yeah, yeah that and the Aatrox kind of came out as the ones in an A that were kind of the answers to... I mean, Aatrox is, yeah. Aatrox was more is so, the old, so. Is the old... Uh, yeah. So, standing. I think, looking ahead, we kind of talked about every team except for PCS. So, I think we got to... Is there anything... 
I'm not. Dude, I just think their maple replacement sucks. I mean, they I have their mid lane is they, soft. I've heard a lot of different things from them. I've heard like there's some communication issues, but it just feels to me like three people trying to hold the ship down, and they're like, if you don't have jungle mid and a tournament full of pretty solid jungle mids, I just yeah. feel like it's I mean, impossible. They they got really hurt, but like their their region has really kind of suffered, I think, from a lot of people leaving. Um, Doggo Doggo was was playing as a sub for them when they made semifinals for MSI last year, right? Yeah. So they they lost Doggo, River, and Maple, who three they're probably the three best players at that event, yeah. right? And so I, I and it's like it, it feels very difficult. Like Hanabi has been this really solid guy for them for so many years. Like he's dominated in the, in in you know their regional league for so many years, won a bunch of titles, but like never really as the primary carry. He was always kind of like that stalwart guy in the top lane that's going to hold it down and play a lot of NAR and tanks well, and whatever. I and, mean, his that's his original career though was Yasuo one trick and you know and he used yeah he, he used when he was a young fella he used to play a carry. He brought it out like once <laughs> ever internationally that I can remember though. Like I'm talking about international play, he was almost always playing uh, like the weak side guy and they'd play yeah. through you know heavily through mid jungle um i i still think unified and kai wing are, are strong i still think that like there is possibilities for them to win in, in team fights if they can get there but i do think juhan and bay are, are pretty outclassed um you know by everyone except maybe like sgb because i think bj and, and froggy are kind of their weaker weaker yeah, members um but it does feel like you know psg is is the big underdogs in this one because it's harder to see like where they are supposed to get their big edge mm-hmm. um they just feel like a, a team that has 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 lost so much it lost a lot of their their big strength right and and you think back to traditionally it was like you know flash wolves days and even you know in, in psg days and stuff like and like it was always the team that came out of out of LMS and then the PCS yep. was like three hundred and O and like you know had the most ridiculous stats and like this wasn't even that for them this year right like they they were not as dominant even regionally in this year uh, I just think that their their top team has just lost a lot of their best players it's really hard to to kind of have that same level of performance yeah it's a difficult situation no doubt but I mean you see it even obviously they're not going to have the greatest groups of these stats. They're not one of the big favorites to, to come out on top like RNG or T1 or G2. But uh, just looking at it, it was... Yeah, I wasn't even... To be honest, I wasn't even 100% sure if they were going to make it out. And then obviously they turned things around pretty well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a difficult... Underdog is the is the best phrasing. I think you can yeah. nail that, Isaac, in yeah. terms of trying to be respectful. Because it's... It's a little doom and gloom over here I in mean, my corner, at I, least. I think I think they can definitely they, team fight. Yeah, they, they can win games. And they, I, I mean, they can yeah. also take still take games off people. So I think my big thing is just their early game is like their early game was a struggle, and it, and it's and that's there's like look at RNG, yeah, yeah quote unquote weak early game team or weaker early game team in the context of the LPL, but they're still monstering most teams. Same thing with T1, G2's early game is not going to be no slouch. You know, EG, especially when we talk about Inspired being the best performing player, are going to come out swinging. Saigon Buffalo hyper aggressive early game like it's just it the odds even if even though they do have some strength to their team it feels like their weaknesses are the worst weaknesses to have in the context of a lot of the teams around them yeah yeah for sure i mean it, it's it's gonna be tough right and even even against like red like they obviously lost their first game against red um they, i didn't feel like they were super dominant even in, in their their three wins you know against yeah. uh, the wildcats and the one game that they won against red um you know they're gonna have to go up against rng again which rng obviously was blowing everyone out in that group so that's gonna be tough but i mean you, you can never underestimate them because you know, th- this is a region that has done pretty well traditionally at msi you know when you look back to lms and, and pcs i always felt like they were they're the msi region not the world's region they always yeah, yeah. kind of flame out of groups because they were always so top heavy both yeah. both of those regions were but even their best team never seemed to do like flash Wolves never seemed to do that well at worlds but like would would be way more competitive it felt like at msi and maybe that's just kind of like anecdotes that have stuck in my head um, but mm-hmm. it has always felt to me that they've done better at MSI, have been more competitive, often make it out of groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I'd, I'd be curious to check the numbers, but I think I, I instinctually I feel like you're correct as well. But it's yeah. one of those things that maybe it's just those were the truly great, great highlight moments, and maybe who knows what the actual numbers feel like. Um, looking across, tournament favorite. Is it too soon to call one when you look at things? I, mean, I think I, it's I still have T1. My tournament favorite has not changed yeah. since entering the tournament. If so. it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Like sure. Everyone... So I, I'm interested, though. Did did you guys have T1 as a favorite even coming in? Because it sounded kind of hesitant. No. So for me, I think that the big thing is, is T1 was the easy choice. And I was trying to wonder. I think as an EU pundit, you always want to like look at G2. But there's like two EU pundits. There's like... I think Vetti's what I would call a believer. And I'm what you would call a non-believer. And I'm like constantly like... Like you guys talked about when EG going to draft, I'm like, oh no, what are they doing? Oh no, they threw a bear and they're gonna lose the game. You know, I'm like constantly living in fear of being yeah. let down. Yeah. So I, 
<laughs> I, I just think that it's like it's hard to i think t1 is the easy one i think t1 is probably the answer because again i don't think sadly stage one taught us nothing i think about how specifically the top three are going to stack up against yeah. each other and stage two is going to show us a lot so i think t1 are still the easy bet i'm hoping that g2 shows a good performance because i believe in g2 and bestifies i think that drafting that you talked about is is huge and i believe in their ability to prep to bestifies and it is a shorter turnaround time to those best of fives but um assuming that they finish expecting third maybe second um i can't imagine that if we assume t1 is going to finish first that they're going to pick them they'll probably pick over fourth so i would guess rng g2 first best of five and that's i think that's possible yeah i mean i i just think t1 has to be your your default favorite like they look like the team with the least obvious weaknesses um, they've been incredibly solid, right? Like there's, there's more things where I think you can like poke holes in, in G2 yeah. and, and RNG and like point to some, some things that like, Oh, Hey, like maybe they struggled with this in the regular season or, Oh, Hey, maybe they struggled with this, you know, in some individual games, like broken blade got solo killed against order, you know, it, when he had the counter pick on, in the Fiora Aatrox matchup, um, he got solo killed, um, by impact in, you know, the, the GP NAR matchup, maybe another game too. I, can't, I think he also got solo killed, um, by, impact squen i want to say i'm not 100 percent sure on that so you can, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember but anyway like there, there's some things that you can like point to or you can point to some they of the struggles they had during, they, yeah. They, yeah they yeah they were incredibly close against G, against eg you know they had some struggles in the regular season with rng you know you can look at the bad way games you can look at you know like them losing to top and how that happened and like some of the ways that they had been exploited you know in yeah. the series that they literally lost and they had a very competitive finals as well where way had some bad games bin has been punished at times for going over aggressive in lanes and getting preyed on like there's just not a lot of, of footage of, of T1 doing poorly, right? Like there are some small things. I think sometimes uh, on, on their dives and stuff, they're not the cleanest. I think that like sometimes, um, you know, like they're young players, like some of the inexperience shows a little bit maybe, right? Like you can say, oh, hey, like owner and, and Zayas aren't always perfect in how they set up their oh, dives, God. but it's 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 just, there's not a lot to yeah. point to. So I, until, <laughs> until they, until like we get to see some actual footage of them struggling, I feel like this is a Pokemon Snap challenge. Get a picture of T1 playing poorly, Azale. Oh, oh, better be really quick about it. It's challenge rare. impossible. Yeah, watch T1 throw. Yeah, challenge yeah. impossible. It's yeah. actually, it's actually I mean, so funny. And, and they did lose games, though, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people always uh, say undefeated. Yes, they were undefeated in series. They lost, what, seven or eight games, yeah, I yeah. think, it, this year. So they did lose games. Yeah. And there were COVID sub situations. So, yeah. so some of the yeah. games, blah, blah, blah. But uh, really what I care about is can I say Zeus instead? I <laughs> I, I want to say Zeus. But I do not want to say Zeus at all. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I was I, actually going to ask you guys. I'm going to try and bring this up in the he story meeting today. The in a lightning bolt. <laughs> it's just like. No. Yeah. Like he wants to be called he Zeus. He came down but, to the earth. He's here f***ing people up. It's perfect Zeus. It's canonical Zeus. He's came. It's bam. He's people up. I've also Zeus just, would pick up League of Legends so quickly. I've always been of the <laughs> that opinion that if you perfect. name yourself after something that is already established, you, you have can't, to take the pronunciation. Exactly. You can't just name yourself Apple so and he, then say it's like it's Apla. Not him. Apla. Apla. <laughs> no, it's Apple it's and not, it's Zeus. He doesn't want it to be Zeus. Though. Well, if it's he doesn't want his, it to be Zeus, it's then it's Zeus. Fault. No, because there's another player that's named Zeus. There are two Mickeys. All I want to say, it's one nice. of those Mickeys has disappeared from ProPlay. Now Mickey <laughs> X is Mickey. So as what far you're as saying is, we just make, we just need to make the other. The other Zeus, Zeus isn't disappear. here. The other. Well, no, I'm just. Yeah, I'm. I think Zeus personally. Yeah. But I, I, I'm gonna lobby for it pretty hard today. We'll see. We how, also have we'll Jojo and Jojo PN, but people are still gonna call Jojo PN Jojo, Jojo, right? I don't think it matters personally. Zeus just makes way more sense. Every time I hear Zeus when I would watch LCK, I'm like, so you're saying. I, I get it. Vote. I get why they're you being respectful. You have my vote. <laughs> yeah, you have your vote. We get a petition. Uh, we're getting Zayas 2022. Strong movement here. There it is. Uh, you mean Every Zeus? vote counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you dare say that in my presence. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoever finishes higher in the LCK or in any competitive Korean esport gets to pick. If they're both oh, in the same pronunciation. If they're both in the same event, yeah. we can call them different things. The other one isn't here. Yeah. But you. You can't be Zeus and then give me a lightning bolt icon like this. Again, it's not his fault. I know it's not his fault. I'm not. I'm annoyed at the situation. I'm not. Yeah, this is yeah, not yeah. nothing against Zeus, formerly Zeus. Formerly. Currently, also. Formerly so Zeus, if you yeah. remember back to the beginning of League of Legends, before you got to select your role, it was understood the first person who has the highest MMR because that's how it sorted it. Yep, gets, gets to, to choose their role. 
So Zeus is the highest MMR pro Zeus player. So he gets to be Zeus. Okay. There it is. (laughs) He's first in lobby. Boom. Bam. That feels much more democracy based. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter if the other one was here first. I don't care. This one's better. Should have been should have been better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> should have been better. It's like Highlander. There can only be one. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I like the Highlander theory for yeah. names. If someone if someone comes in and names themselves Caps, <laughs> and actually becomes better than Caps, sorry, Caps, you're not Caps anymore. Yeah, but That's nobody's rough. gonna come. Nobody's that dumb to come in and be like, "All right, I'm called Caps," and everyone's like, "It also would be." Excuse a different... me, you just lost your first game. Get the hell out of here. You're fired. <laughs> it, would, it would be a your different... career is over. Yeah. I maybe this is be a bold move. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember other Zeus. Does this does this still apply? What if someone retroactively changes their name? You know? Yeah, I don't know. If, if like Caps decides like, okay, here's he's, now, the thing. he's now named here's... like Jazuke, Jazuke just loses his, his <laughs> Yeah, that's name. the thing. I think it's fine in this instance because none of us, and I think most of our audience, have any attachment to other Zeus. Yeah. It's not like, but if someone comes in, makes their name Faker, right? And we have to call it whatever else for five years, but then he like wins four back-to-back titles. We can't just erase the history of Faker or have to explain every time like, no, that fake that's Faker two. This was Faker one. You have to remember this. But can Faker erase everyone else's history? Can he just well, take names? He just that, annexes that's your the other name. Thing. It's like he can't just anna- he can't just become Caps and then beat Caps. They, and then he just renames Dracos, and now you got to change your whole thing. I would take that honestly. Yeah. They've got, <laughs> they have probably rules, a positive. They have for me. rules against it. They literally have rules against naming yourself. I think Faker can kind of do what he wants. Yeah. Name. I don't think it applies Probably. to him. You think a new person can name themselves Faker? No. No, no, no. no, no. But Faker, Faker can name himself after yeah. someone who exists. Faker can change his name yeah. to Coke. Yeah, he can just go around to... headshotting people, yeah. making them yeah. lose their names. <laughs> and they have to find a new name. But they can't be Faker. He can just... He can just take your name. Oh my God! Yeah, he's just—he is. He's like—it's not the barcode killer anymore. It's just the, <laughs> no. the clout name killer. Yeah. Like if you—I don't care. Oh, you're the shy. Oh, now you, I'm the you, shy. You won worlds. Well, I've done that a couple <laughs> times. All right, let us know whose names you'd like to hear Faker steal. <laughs> also, uh, sign our petition. <laughs> sign our petition. Uh, Zeus for T1 top lane instead of Zeus. Let's talk about schedule. T1 G2. G2 RNG, that's what I'm looking at. You guys got EG RNG, EG Saigon Buffalo. I think those are the big bangers of the day. PSG Saigon Buffalo, eh. PSG T1, eh. How are you guys feeling? Is it 2-0 day? 1-1 day for, for EG? EG? Yeah. I'm hoping it's a 2-0 day. I'm definitely... Uh, um, if it's 1-1, I'm not I'm okay. expecting it. If it's 0-2, I'm depressed. <laughs> and if it's 2-0, we're, we're like popping two, we're popping off. Yeah. <laughs> we're popping bottles. Uh, yeah. We're heading up the club I, after I, the day. I now. always want undefeated. I'm not expecting it. Yeah, I'm I'm a doom and gloom kind of guy. If we get 2-0, we're winning MSI. If we're 1-1, we're getting to finals. And I mean, if, we're, if we're we outed. come out... Yeah, if, if, why even try? If, yeah, if why EG even try? Let, let Faker take your name already. Yeah, just... just if e, if <laughs> either of our teams... Yeah, he can do either, it better. God damn it. If either of our teams come out and win <laughs> one of the first two games... We're gonna be popping off hard. Yeah. Like if if G two honestly it doesn't take me a lot to get excited. It's really it's really (laughs) sad actually. They don't even need to win against RNG. If they get first blood, I'm probably be popping off. But then you're gonna get sad by the time. It's sad by the time they end. But you're gonna live in that first blood. But it's not gonna last long. We have like Stockholm syndrome, right? We're just like we're just attached to NA so much. Yeah. We just can't help it. You're, you're just like an addict. You, I am. you take those quick hits. Oh, yeah, give me first blood. Yes, yes, yes. You, you yeah. peak too high, though. You got to be... But I have a low tolerance. That's that's the that's the benefit. <laughs> that's the benefit that's of true. me. You don't have to give me a lot. I'll take I'll take almost anything, and I'll get excited. Yeah, but then the crashes are the really crashes hard. The crashes are hard. The problem is any... Yeah, yeah any... Oh, so was I was listening to some... <laughs> I was listening to a podcast about this and about stimulation, specifically like stimulation addiction. It was basically just like any stimulation that you get positive yeah. is always paid back negative elsewhere. You know what's a really good podcast to listen to if you actually wanted to learn about um, neuroscience is the dive. Andrew, Andrew, yeah, actually the dive. <laughs> because I talk about Andrew Huberman he's a lot. Actually, this is the big thing about Kobe is yeah, he's actually yeah. a, a psych study. They use him in schools. That's what, So if you really want to learn. Yeah. The dive is really quite varied. There's neuroscience. There's Halawi. There's, there's at least like six to eight cups at any given time. Yeah, well, I mean, we've really got it really, all. I, yeah. I, I'm just curious. What takes more, uh, what, what do you think is a more niche thing? Is it like neuroscience or is it like Playing a Lowy. It's like, a Lowy. It's a Lowy. Yeah, it's a Lowy. <laughs> I had to delve deep for that one. Yeah. 
you know, there's a lot of neuroscientists, qualified neuroscientists in the world. There's like three people, four people who play allow yeah. it. So exactly. it's, a, it's a difference. It's really not that impressive. When Especially you put in neuroscience. It, yeah. You know, anyone could do neuroscience. Yeah. But manipulating tentacles, that's a Exactly. Question. Yeah. I mean, how many how many rockets have gone into space at this point? You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. rocket scientists. How many allowing mains are there? A lot less. Yeah, space. Allowing world skin. More like mobilitics <laughs> allowing guy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah cool. What else to do on this? Great show? job. Great. I think that's. It. I think we're good. We can like banter for five minutes, or we can close out. What do you guys feel like? You guys want to talk about something? I want to try that high five again. <laughs> I've been feeling bad ever since because they're only going to first see, high five was great. Yeah, they're only going to see. The but second what if we one, fail was, again? Hmm. But it doesn't matter because we've already failed. Okay. They never saw the good one. Good. Oh. That's not. <laughs> one more one more for the people no it's gonna get you, sad you're, the problem is he's going give back your hand well, up well he like you like jumped on no 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 you, 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 how are we doing this then what are we doing here no you guys have to just uh, go you, you guys it's go. the it's, it was better but it wasn't our guys, first it's one it's this no. motion it's the far away two let's together. try you left hand left hand it's not bad I think it's the this though because I think when you just go straight your accuracy is good but the satisfaction is lower the sound is bad yeah yeah. the first one was it's just also yeah. actually we're going to end here for sure because the like whatever percentage of our viewer base is just listening to audio is just being literally <laughs> tortured right now I'm so sorry headphones users it's just hey let's describe this thing that they can't see at all as we just make loud noises every it's five seconds while they hear a clap. hey do you guys like clipping god <laughs> 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 Anyway, this has been Die For You, episode two. Games are coming at you starting on Friday all the way till Tuesday, I believe. Five days of group stage yep. where we kick off the knockouts next Friday. And then only two days in the knockouts. The knockouts, but we'll be back for an episode between like stage that. two like and that. knockouts. Brace yourself, EU and NA fans. A lot's going to happen here in these five days. I'm braced. I'm braced. Honestly, I don't think I need to. I'm pretty flexible, you know. All right, Kobe's flexible. I, I can Azale roll and I punches. are braced. We're braced. I All right, let's get punches. into it. This has been episode two. We'll see you guys next time for episode three. Great job. Wonderful. <laughs>